Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. We're so excited to talk to you today about a topic that if you're a parent, you have either either thought about or are going to need to think about these things that we talk about today. We're talking about babysitting. And guys should listen too. Actually, it has a lot to do with the husbands. Yeah. So we have some specific things that we really want to talk to both the husband and wife about yeah. regarding babysitters. But we're, we're, we're going to cover a lot of different things that maybe you haven't thought of before. Yeah, so it's gonna be great. Get ready to dive in with us, and mm-hmm. uh, you're probably there's a couple things happening. You wish you had babysitters, and yeah. you're looking for them. Mm-hmm. You have babysitters, and you mostly trust them, or you have that rock solid person, and you've done this well. But you'll still glean some wisdom from this. Yeah, true, because there's actually more in the Bible that uh, about this that is a message to you guys as well. And we're going to dig into that. So please stick with us because this is an important topic. And they can be hard to find. We haven't had a perfect path of always having babysitters. That's no, for sure. Part we'll of, share our story but too. But part of that is because we do have some really high standards, mm-hmm. which should actually be the standard in our book. Yeah. So you'll get to hear about that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So today we also want to remind you guys that we have a Courageous Parenting Workshop. Yes. And it costs 2000 No, I'm kidding. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. And so I really hope that you guys have taken advantage of that because we have some really awesome content in there that we're sharing with you guys. Um, and it's only, how long is it, Isaac? It's like 35 minutes. It's a 35-minute workshop. Yeah. And if you've ever- th- Shorter than a podcast. Yeah. If you've ever thought about the Parenting Mentor Program, there's a little few minutes at the very end that you can see inside the dashboard. But the content itself of this free workshop is- really good. We are saying that not because we think it's good, but we keep getting that feedback from so many people. People who've been listening to all the podcasts. They're loving the workshop. And I'll say also, when you sign up for the free workshop, you're going to get a free PDF. It's like four pages. And one of the pages is date night questions to talk about regarding specific topics pertaining to parenting. So there you have it. It's That alone is worth signing up for just to get the free PDF. yeah you get the download at the end you just hit a button and it'll download it and you have it forever and uh so it's really powerful yeah it's exciting so oh, make sure you take advantage of that and, and i also want to thank you guys for giving us the reviews if you've done that all mm-hmm. it takes is a tap and you can give us a five-star review we hope it's five star <laughs> uh most of them have been praise god over 600 i believe are five-star reviews of the mm-hmm. 610 or so uh also written reviews are powerful they help the algorithms help us get out there and our mission, just a reminder, I think it's good to re-say it, is... One million families and their, their legacies. legacies. It's so powerful. How can you change the world? Well, God prompted us to do our part yeah. by impacting parenting. If we can impact the next generation for the kingdom of God, for Christ, wow. That That's exciting. Is exciting. But it's not us just doing it. It's you with us. People only find out about this because you share it. That's right. So today we're going to dive into this topic of babysitting. 
we're going to cover quite a few topics. One, um, we're going to share our story, a little bit of our story regarding finding babysitters when our kids were really young, Mm -hmm. give you some ideas of how maybe you can find babysitters. But more importantly, we're going to talk about the vision behind the relationship that you should have with those who are babysitting your kids. Um, And we have a pretty strong message for you guys that regardless of if you're watching your kids or someone else's, you're actually going to be held accountable for what goes on there. Right. And we just have to realize it's when we're not there that the challenging things have the greatest potential to happen. That's right. I mean, I think that's obvious, but we, yep. we have to be aware of that. And and so we're going to talk about the vision behind that and how it should be a mutually beneficial relationship. We're also going to talk about training your babysitter. That's right. If you have a babysitter, you are responsible for setting expectations and boundaries and being very clear on many different topics. We're going to go over those topics in this podcast, and we're going to talk about the difference between a mother's helper and a babysitter slash nanny or au pair, and yeah. the importance of understanding that there is a season for each of those. Okay, And why the men should never drive the babysitter home if it's a female, which yep. it should be. A girl, and we'll talk about those things. But yeah. why don't you take us into our story, honey? Okay, so you guys know that we have eight kids ranging in ages, almost 19, all the way down to almost 10 months old. And we obviously have kids that are old enough to babysit now, but it wasn't always that way. They weren't mm-hmm. always older. Um, and so I just want to encourage you moms that there are seasons mm-hmm. where parenting is harder than other seasons. And I think that when you're a first time parent and you know your kids are young, it can feel overwhelming at times and exhausting. And it is important that you have time where you take care of yourself. You need to take care of your health mm-hmm. in between having babies, for example, right? Which might, depending on your husband's job, it might require you to get a babysitter. And then there's the health of your marriage, mm-hmm. right? Date nights. Super important to have regular date nights, to have communication. Mm-hmm. There are many reasons why you might need a babysitter, yeah. right? Um, also, some people work from home, have things that they're doing on the side. And I would just encourage you, though, to evaluate the season of life that you're in and to really take a good, hard look at what it is worth for you to have to have babysitters. And you know what? You need to have a budget to invest. You want to have a good babysitter. Mm -hmm. And you want to value them. And one way you value them is by being generous, right? What is it worth to have somebody care after your kids with love and kindness, watch over them, correct them in the appropriate way that you've described, clean the house, keep it clean, teach them things, Mm -hmm. communicate with them for an entire hour or how about three hours or five hours? Right. You have to think about this with a sober mind. Yeah. Really think about the value here and what are you teaching the sitter by how much you pay them. Right. So our story is that the first, let's just talk about maybe the first six years that we were parents. When our oldest was six years old, um, we had tried finding babysitters and really didn't have a lot of luck at first. Um, we probably had three or four people babysit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about like, when grandma would babysit, that was a different story. But like, as far as someone that you would hire to babysit your kids for a date night, for example. Um, And so 
we didn't really go out a whole lot, although it was important to us even with our firstborn. I think our first date night was she was three months old, right? Yeah. And my mom watched her. Um, but th- you know what? Sometimes you need to have a babysitter that takes on that responsibility if you can't have family helping you, right? Yeah. And so we went actually to the church. So this is your number one idea for figuring out how to find a babysitter. Go to your church and ask. Start asking the youth group what kids are really responsible and asking for their information, asking um, the youth pastor to meet the families, go in at the end of youth group and try to like make friends with some of the parents of these teenagers, get to know them a bit. This is the best way Mm -hmm. to find a babysitter. And that's how we found the one that we really love that we had babysitting for us for 12 years. Kirsten actually babysat for, she started when she was 12. Austin was a newborn baby. So Kelsey was like, three years Mm -hmm. old and she would just watch him at first for a little while, Mm -hmm. watch him and Kelsey so that I could just go on a walk. I would just go on a walk around the neighborhood for about 45 minutes. She lived actually in our neighborhood and that was a good way for us to just try it out. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it was awesome. Her mom actually taught me this. Lorraine was awesome. She came to me and said, We just really love your family. We've been observing you. We went to church with them. And we would love for our daughter to learn how to babysit. So would you speak into her life and teach her your expectations? Wow. That made a huge difference because no longer was I stuck in a babysitting relationship where I was disappointed. Like I come home from babysitting Mm -hmm. and then the kitchen is a mess. And I find out that all the babysitter did was put a movie on, eat all the ice cream in the freezer and play on our computer. Right. Like that actually has happened. And we've had to fire babysitters where they only got to babysit once or twice because they messed up so big. And, you know, part of it was that there just wasn't that open communication. We didn't know the families super well to be able to speak into their life and say, hey, actually, this is what we expect. So the fact that the mom of the babysitter opened up that communication was huge for me. So if you have daughters and you envision them ever being a babysitter, take note because you need to do what Lorraine did with me. And it's what I've done with all of the families that our girls have babysat for as well. So if you're in fellowship with people and they witness that you're a godly family, then those kinds of things can happen. But if if you're not in close fellowship with people and people aren't aware close enough to you to where they're aware of yeah. they're a godly family, they might not want their daughter to do that in that kind of situation. Another way to find <laughs> yeah. one is who are the the strongest believers that you truly know and you know they go on date nights? Well, you want to find them because they probably have a high expectation for who watches their kids. That's right. And then they can give you recommendations. That's another great resource. It's just asking your friends who are in the same season of life who babysits for you. But godly friends, like the ones that we really would have a high expectation. Right. And then don't assume that they actually do. You have to do your own bidding. Right. So our story continues. And um, there were times where Kirsten wasn't available, like when she went to college. There was this school year, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And what was really important for us, we had tried a few other people as well. And, you know, guys, you would be surprised at the kind of stories that we've actually heard from some of our kids because we communicate with our kids a lot. And some of them just didn't get called back a second time. 
to be. And it was surprising because some of them were like pastor's daughters and different things like that. And so you cannot just assume that the child that you've asked to babysit your kids is going to know what to do and they're going to be proactive and they're going to be the kind of babysitter that you want. So you actually should do a brainstorming session with your husband. Come up with some realistic expectations for what you want for your babysitter to be doing when they're babysitting, right? Like, is it okay for you if they put a movie on for your kids? Have you given them guidelines as to how to pick a movie? Have you already pre-picked out the movie so that they aren't putting something on that's going to be inappropriate? Mm -hmm. These are conversations that you got to be aware of because you'd be surprised the kind of things that can happen. And so um, for us, we had experienced even a babysitter taking kids over to a boyfriend's house. One time. One time. She wasn't called back. And so, you know, that was shocking to me. Yeah. Shocking. No permission so, to ever leave the house. There was, there was, and they should not be having people over to the house never. either. And so um, when they're babysitting at your home, and if you ever have them babysitting at somebody else's house, you'd better know what that environment's like. Yeah. I had heard recently heard a story of someone who um, they had their kids at a babysitter's house and the, the, the toddler got into drugs that were at that babysitter's house. And now she's potentially brain dead and still in the hospital. Like things can happen. So you need to be aware of who you're hiring to babysit your kids. It's not okay to just have the neighbor girl. Like, do so you what know is, what's on the neighbor girl's iPhone? So what's the vision for getting a good babysitter and having yeah. one? What's the vision? So I, I think you, you nailed it on the head right at the beginning where you talked about the importance of being a biblical community, because truly to trust people today mm-hmm. is a rare commodity, wouldn't you say? And so you need to have people that you are walking in biblical fellowship with that are raising their kids. You look at their kids and you go, I want my kid to turn out like them. Like you should be able to say that about your babysitters, right? Yeah. Because they're a role model. And you should have a vision for equipping that babysitter also. Yes. Being in that person's life and um, spending extra time at the end of this, you know, time with her. Talking to her, getting to know her. Does she have a boyfriend? Mm -hmm. Like, is she on social media? If she's on social media, you should be following her because you need to know, like, that's going to actually kind of reveal what's in her heart. And she should feel when she leaves, not only were your kids good because you've been disciplining them and taking care of them in a good way. Yeah. But um, you left the house pretty clean for her. Mm-hmm. You know, not a total disarray. So things right. were easy. There was clear direction on food and things like that. Yep. And that there's value in relationship with you, the mom. Right. That is key. If they leave and they got paid well and it was a good experience, but they also get to talk to you and they feel respected by you. That is a there, retention. It's a huge retention thing because if they feel valued by you, they're going to respect you enough to really be extra careful with your kids. And what I mean by mm-hmm. extra careful is not like walking on eggshells. What I mean is that they're going to they're going to do their best to make sure that the kids are well fed, that they're on in bed at bedtime if they're doing a bedtime or nap time kind of thing. They're going to try to clean up any messes that maybe were made while they were there. They're going to do whatever you've asked them to do. Um and so you know, if you want to have that good kind of relationship, Isaac's right. It really starts with you investing in the relationship. And there's competition for the really good ones. Word will get out. So right. once you have one, when they have the choice to go to option A house, mom, kids, option B, B house, house, mom, kids, they're thinking of money. They're thinking of 
the challenge at are, hand. Yeah, like are the kids disrespectful or are they are they and, respectful? And what put will put them over the top for for you is relationship. Relationship with you. If they feel valued by you or if they feel talked at or you know it, there's no like real connection. So I'll just say one of the things we've been really blessed since we moved here to Bend. Yeah. Um and but but it wasn't like so when we first connected with a few of the families that our girls babysit for. I'll just give you an example. I proactively had conversations with some of them saying, hey, it would be a really good idea if you invested in them too. And I just want to give you the vision. This is part of the vision is that, yes, you have a relationship with them that goes beyond them being Mm -hmm. your babysitter. It's not that they work for you. Or that they're always available to you. And we kind of, like, there was a time where we kind of got stuck in that where it was like, hey, can how about we go out on a double date and your kids watch our kids? Do you remember that? And then yeah. the kids didn't get paid. And it was one of those, like, awkward moments that happened when we first were in community with some people. And we had to step up our game, be bold with our friends and go, you know what? Actually, our kids are working when they watch your kids. And so they should be compensated. Yeah. They should be paid for their work. And so that, that is one way that you value them. Right. Um, but you do need to know the kids, which is going that are babysitting for you. And so one way to do it. And one way we've seen is that the moms invest, like Mm -hmm. some of our good friends take our girls out for coffee, for breakfast, um, to get pedicures, just to spend time with them. And I can't even tell you how much that means to our girls. They feel like they're our big sisters. Yeah. Right. Which another aspect, of this is that you know that your relationship the vision is that your relationship is mutually beneficial what i mean by that is that yes they're a blessing to you the babysitter should be a blessing to you right that you can trust them to be watching your kids caring for your home that sort of thing but it it also is mutually beneficial for them because you should have the vision that you're helping to prepare them for motherhood. You have a Titus II responsibility, which we'll talk about in a second, but it's really important that you have that open communication in order to be able to cultivate that kind of relationship with the babysitter. And it starts out with what 2 Timothy 2.22 talks about. Do you wanna read that verse? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So in 222, it says, flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So this is what you're looking for. You're looking for people that flee youthful lusts, that do not have that. And you know what? Today with technology, there's fear of missing out and fear of missing out in the babysitter will cause neglect in your kids. That's and right. what this is, is people are so addicted to Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook and other things on their apps that mm-hmm. they will check it every 10 minutes right. and they'll, they'll get absorbed in it and they lose uh, insight into what's around them. Mm-hmm. And so you do not want babysitters that have FOMO and you've got to find ways to figure that out. You've got to pay attention to it. You got to ask your kids, were they paying attention when they're on their phone a lot, yeah. things like that. And that plays into the scripture too, because youthful lusts often are tied into fear of missing out and viewing potentially the wrong things on their phone. Right. I think that's such a key 
element. And this is the thing. You have to cultivate two things. One, a good relationship with your kids that your kids are actually even open with you and that they're not like hiding things because they like that babysitter because maybe that babysitter gives them more freedoms than they're used to. And they're like, oh, she's super fun because I can do whatever I want and play by myself in my room and I can have ice cream at night. I want that babysitter to come back. So I'm not going to tell mom and dad that she spends all of her time on her phone, Mm -hmm. right? Like kids actually think that way sometimes. And so you have to cultivate a relationship with your children where they're actually being honest with you and talking to you about what it was like when they were being babysat. And you need to cultivate a relationship with the babysitter laying out specific expectations so that they know what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And one of those expectations is you should tell them ahead of time, I want to debrief after every time you babysit. Right. In detail. Anything good, anything challenging, uh, attitudes that were off, anything like that. And what this will tell you is if you do that and the babysitter goes, oh, everything was great. And then you drill into your kids Mm -hmm. and you you hear that they were fighting. Yeah. Now, you know, either she's totally out to lunch. She's aloof. Yeah. Or she's scared to talk to you and you need to fix that relationship. Right. Which is really good assessment too. And to say like, hey, I just want you to know, like, this is super important. This is in the relationship building part of your relationship, but you will actually probably have to remind that child multiple times as they babysit for you over the years. I welcome criticism, constructive, like I welcome you telling me Mm -hmm. if my kids are not behaving like how they should be. You have to take the rose tinted glasses off and make it okay for babysitters to tell you the real deal. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, this is also one of the reasons why it's so important to be living in biblical community with people because there needs to be like a specific kind of standard Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, so we know that kids are supposed to be respectful and that they can be respectful. So we expect them to. So when they're not respectful, the babysitter should tell you they were not respectful and be able to label exactly what it was. It's the same thing for being disobedient, being mean hearted, selfish, prideful, like these young babysitters. This is a time where you as the older Titus II woman in their life have an opportunity to teach them what it means to have a biblical vocabulary. Like we've been talking to you, teach them how to label the sins so that they're like, yeah, they were just mean. Well, that doesn't really help you, does it? But if they said there was a fight and they were able to literally label it and say, this child was prideful and was not sharing. And this child was you know, to be able to give it labels, then you know exactly what's going on. And you can probably envision it yourself and deal with your kids later. And it's so important to know the family of the babysitter. Yeah. You really need to know them. You don't need to be best friends. You don't need to spend lots of time with that family. But you maybe you have the whole family over at least once for dinner. Yeah. Uh, you need to know of them. You need to have close people that you do know. What is that their reputation? Them. Reputation yeah. and yep. how they raise kids and, you know, even theology things. It's important because this should be an additive experience for your kids, not just something that's average because you desperately want to go out. That's right. And so we would just affirm you in that. Yes, you, you obviously are going to, there are going to be times when you need a babysitter and you know what, your kids actually need to be trained to be able to be with a babysitter at times and not always need mom and dad. Right. But you should have a standard for what you expect. And so I I also just cannot urge you enough to realize that this actually can be a beautiful part of like how God designed the body of Christ to work, Mm -hmm. where you are really making an impact in that young person's life when they come into your home to take care of your kids. If your kids are obedient and kind and they know the routine and they're able to 
eat all of their food and be respectful? Like what kind of a witness is that to that babysitter who one day is probably going to be a mom? It's so That's true. a huge opportunity to be not only preparing the young woman for motherhood one day, because it is good practice. You're being a Titus too, right? Right. Woman. You're being a Titus to woman. Would you mind reading that? Sure. So in Titus 2, 3 through 8, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young woman to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, uh, chaste, homemakers, good obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech, that cannot be condemned, that one who is a, an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. So this is really interesting. If we unpack it, and you know, we're not, there. there's a lot of scripture there, but there are two things there that are kind of like glaring at me. One is that God has designed his family to work like this. Mm -hmm. The older are to teach the younger. Yep. That's actually how he designed it. He, it's a, his com He's commanding older people to be speaking into the younger people's lives. Yeah. And you can be a huge blessing to those young people when they come in your home and they see that you have boundaries and expectations of your kids regarding like, yeah. and talking about sin, it can be a witness to them if they haven't seen it in their homes. If they have, I hope they have seen it in their homes because remember you want to be choosing babysitters who are going to be able to uphold the expectations in your home while you're gone. So we've, which is super important. So we've talked about a lot, but we're going to get into some real practical things about training your babysitter, mm -hmm. extra thoughts, important warnings, and why we should actually not say the word babysitter uh, and something else in a second. But first, the Parenting Mentor Program uh, is totally mm -hmm. transforming parenting. Uh, it, you know what? It's not our doing. It's the Word of God. But how that applies to the situations we're faced with today as parents, it's a 10-hour mm -hmm. of curriculum, a self-paced. It's just an incredible program. If you're interested in that, listen to this and check it out. Hello, we're Sammy and Natalia Cosa from Orange County, California. And we've been married for almost 10 years and we have three beautiful children, Sayla, who's seven, Audrey, who's five, and Valor, who's one and a half. And we are so beyond thankful for the mentorship we received from Isaac and Angie Tolpin. Yeah, Isaac and Angie, you guys came into our life at just the most perfect time. We were actually um, experiencing a confusing time in our parenting journey. And in just a few short months under your guidance, under the Parenting Mentorship Program and under your godly examples, we now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind and on, on our hearts, and we are so thankful for the both of you because now we know how we can thrive on our parenting journey. Absolutely. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for teaching us the model of godly parenting and how we should be so encouraged to be raising our kids in this day and age. We used to fear, fear the future. Um, and now we are so excited about their future, know that this is the greatest time in history to be alive, and we know that the best days are still ahead, and we're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights 
uh, to be leaders uh, for the next generation. Yeah, and just a couple things that you guys have taught us in the six-week parenting program is that a kingdom-focused legacy is the most important because that's actually why we are here on earth. It's not about our legacy, but it's about God's legacy. And you also taught us that it's hard to do the mundane unless you see the bigger picture and see the grander purpose. And now we have a bigger picture and a grander purpose in raising our children, and we are so beyond thankful for the both of you. Awesome review. We appreciate it. So why don't we continue with how to train your babysitter? Okay. So this is an important aspect of this topic because one, if you're going to have a babysitter, you need to recognize that it's your jurisdiction to be the one that is setting the expectations and boundaries. You are technically the employer in this case, Mm -hmm. and you are employing someone to be taking care of your home and your children potentially, right? And so you need to just recognize that this is your jurisdiction to be really clear with your expectations. Um, And that's important. The other reason why we're going to cover this is that if you have daughters, they will most likely end up taking care of other people's kids one day. And so Mm -hmm. it's important that you are training them to be able to fulfill expectations and be that godly babysitter that other people are going okay, to need. Okay, real practical here. So what okay. exactly, bullet by bullet, real short, okay. do we train them? So one is you're going to set expectations of what is not okay, right? What is not okay is scrolling through social media and being aloof. Another one would be text messaging, yeah, being on their phone, um, talking to a boyfriend on the phone. Um, FaceTiming friends. So basically no phone. No technology. I'm calling you or your parents need to talk to you real quick or something emergency. Right, exactly. And so you set those expectations really clearly. And for us, you have to come up with your own expectations. But for us, we always had a no TV, except for the rare occasion when we'd say, hey, it's a movie night. And so... You can do popcorn and but make real it fun. clarity and what kind of movies are allowed because we've we already had them picked out ahead of time yep. and um, they know which kids are are able to and they know that don't yeah. don't forget too what kind of music is allowed to be played. Music yes. is meditation to the soul. Yes, and you don't want them meditating on bad music. That's right. Because she wants to listen to something. Right. And, you know, and as far as that, like when we say no technology, it even goes for that. Like they can have music playing in the home, but you should like teach them which one, like how you play music in your home so that it's okay lyrics for your kids. So let's. But no earphones. Let's talk about taking care of the house, how the house should look at that. Right. So one of the things that we've always taught our girls is that if you are hired For a babysitting job, and let's just say kids go to sleep an hour into the babysitting job, and there's two or three more hours, but the kids are sleeping for like two hours of that. It's not okay for me, knowing that my daughters are getting paid for being there, for them to be sitting and scrolling on their phone and and doing nothing if there are things that can be done. So for example, let's say they babysat during the lunch hour slash nap time. I'm sure there's lunch dishes that can be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And so we've taught our girls that it, you know, you want to leave the house better than how it looked when you got there. Yeah. 
And so to try to bless the family because they are paying you for those hours when you're there. Now, there are some um, rare circumstances where like it's last minute babysitting job and our daughter has had a test coming up or has an essay that she needs to write or a book that she needs to finish reading. And it's like really going above and beyond for her to sacrifice and go and babysit for someone. So we talk to them ahead of time and go, hey, when the kids are napping, instead of cleaning, she's going to actually be reading Mm -hmm. and they're okay with that but you just need to be clear in your communication about what you're expecting i have always expected that when i had a babysitter there that they would do the dishes like unload the dishwasher if i had started it or um if they made if i made dinner that after they fed everyone dinner they would be cleaning up the dishes if the kids are younger and they're not able to help with that Mm -hmm. um same goes for like bath time that they wouldn't just leave clothes on the floor in the in the bathroom or when they the kids get changed for bedtime you don't leave dirty diapers on the floor you don't leave clothes on the floor they need to continue doing the expectations of what you've been teaching your kids in which is putting the clothes in the laundry all there's so many things i don't really want to get into too much more detail than that but you get where i'm going with this it's not too much to expect the the basic standards of your way of living to be continued on while there's someone else in charge. And make sure you talk about how you want them to correct your kids. Obviously, it's going to be different probably than how you usually do it because they're right. not the parents. But yeah. you do need to give them direction on what they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to put them in the corner for a timeout? Are they going to uh, take toys away mm-hmm. if it's prudent to do so? You do want them to have some leverage, some kind of right. consequence that is tame enough, not being the parent, that they can do. Right, but still exactly. Is effective. Like, so here are a few examples that we've used over over the years. One would be loss of privilege. If there was going to be a movie later in the day, that is something for yeah. like if they if the kid has really lost it, right, in their not being um, respectful mm-hmm. or they're being disobedient or unkind, they will go to bed early and not get to watch that movie with the siblings. Another would be. Um, timeouts having to have a timeout so there there's many different things that you could do you could take certain toys away like for some of our girls it was poly pockets boys it was legos there are just certain things and you can set your babysitter up for success okay you need to give her examples of what she can do but then you need to really open it up and tell her like be honest with her and say hey we've been struggling with this with this kid if you see Mm -hmm. it please let me know so that i can talk to them when i get home Really important that, that they become humility. an ally. Yeah. Exactly. And th- they should be your ally. And right? remember, if they don't share it with you, the babysitter is going to share it with their parents. Right. So yeah. <laughs> who do you want her to share it with? Exactly. And I think that it's really important that there is open communication and that you are sometimes parenting. We have blind spots. Yeah. We just do. All of us do. And so sometimes someone else staying with your kid can be a real benefit. Exactly. Because then somebody else can shine light on you. Go, you know what? I did kind of see that, but I was, I haven't really dug in with that kid. Thank you for telling me. I'm going to work on that now. Now the word babysitter um, is problematic. If you have kids who are clearly not babies, how is your six year old son that's wanting to be big feel when you use the word babysitter in front of them? How is that going to set things up for the sitter to have respect from the six-year-old son if he's, he's called like, a baby by the title of the person watching him? Right, exactly. These are things you may not have thought of, but mm-hmm. I would use sitter, helper, 
use the person's name. Janice is going to be watching you tonight. Right. But don't use the word babysitter in front of kids who are not babies. Right. That's a good that's a good point. I think also it's important that um when you are teaching the sitter, right? Or training the person that you share these kinds of thoughts with them, mm-hmm. right? Um ask them what they'd like to be called. Some of them might like to be called a nanny or an au pair. Mm-hmm. Um Others might be called a mother's helper. I didn't even know what that word was, but yeah. <laughs> so you know, the other thing is that you know, at first when you have someone, it might be a good idea for you to ask them to come and be a mother's helper. Specifically, that's where a girl is in the home when the mm-hmm. mom is at the home and she's taking care of the kids while the mom is also there, maybe doing something else, getting work done. I love that one because it involves more than just watching kids. It involves. Helping with the laundry, maybe. Or right, exactly. Clean. And I will say that this is actually the best way to train your babysitter is to have them be a mother's helper first, at least for like the first month, where maybe you have them once a week for like four or five hours, where they can start to get a sense for what the culture in your home is yeah. and how how productive you are as a mom in the home and how you're caring for your home, how you're caring for your kids. They need to see you getting down to the kid's eye level, looking at them in the eyes, communicating clearly um, so that that you can so that they do that when they're watching okay. your kids. For right? time, we've got a lot of little things here we need to do. So extra thoughts and warnings. Why would we never allow our sons who we have, you know, six. We have six sons and we don't let them babysit. Or be a helper. Right. Watch kids. Why would we never do that? Well, I think that you could probably add a lot more to this. I think this is an important topic today. But culture, society in general for all time hasn't necessarily chosen to look favorably upon the male gender babysitting and changing diapers, doing bath time, being nurturing. That's okay. true. And on the other side of it, we're in the Me Too era. and But even before we were in this era, we've always held to this anyways. Yeah. I learned it from Bill, reading Billy Graham's book a long time ago, which is he was never alone with another woman. And I took that into my business world and I've applied that everywhere I go. And we want that for our sons too. We don't even want the chance for an accusation to exist. Right, which is actually the second part of that Titus 2 scripture that you read where it said that a man would not be incorruptible, that they have integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to live in a way that is above reproach at all times. And as parents of sons, it's our responsibility to to protect their reputation, to not put them in a precarious situation where maybe either they would be tempted or that they would become accused of something, right? Even if they don't do something, um, because you just never know in that regard. And you also want this for your husbands or husbands, if you're listening, you don't want any accusation Mm -hmm. against you. Because you drove a female babysitter home. Right. So that's actually one of our huge boundaries that we really, really feel called to draw attention to is we have this boundary where when our girls babysit, it is known that that the babysitting family is going to drive at least one, if not both directions to pick her up if she doesn't drive yet. And that the dad is never the one driving her home or picking her up. And that is simply, it's not that we don't trust those guys. They're brothers in Christ. We absolutely absolutely love them. them. It's not about that. It's about being above reproof so that there's never an opportunity. Even if that, our daughter would never, I don't even think our, I can't even imagine our daughters ever accusing anyone. If none, you 
know what yeah. I mean? It's not about that. It's about them driving on the road and somebody else seeing them together. And you know what I mean? So you just always want to be above reproof so that there's never an opportunity for your name to be um, tarnished in society. So now here's the thing on paying babysitters. If the parents are driving the sitter one of the ways, take that into account. That means the parents are investing their time, money, and gas to take a sitter to your house to do that. Yeah. Then the sitter is doing the, the, the watching of your kids, the taking care of the home, pouring into your kids more than the traditional model of just sitting there doing nothing, right? We right. don't want that. Right. And then you think about how do you want them to view you and this opportunity? You want them to view it well. How much would you, by the way, tip at a nice restaurant when you get great service? 20%? That should be the minimum, right? At least in my book is. And when you think, I learned this when I was young, when you think of two amounts to give somebody when they do service for you, always go with the larger amount. Mm -hmm. Don't you do that when you're tipping or something like that? Mm -hmm. Same with a sitter. Go on the larger side. Bless them because aren't they blessing you? Do you want them to choose you over other people to babysit with? Uh, if you need them to be loyal to you, treat them well. And so to find out the amount of money, find out what the going rate is around in your community and then give a little bit more than that. And don't forget the tip if they do a great job. That's right. And first Timothy 518 says, for the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. And the laborer is worthy of his wages. Mm -hmm. And you guys know that taking care of little kids is laborious at times. It can be a lot of work. And so, and depending on who your kids are, what they're like, it could be more work than another family. And so just be really fair and honest. Be thankful. Share with with your sitter how thankful you are that they were available, how much it meant to you that they watched the kids. Don't take them for granted. Um, The other thing I would encourage you is to change your vocabulary like Isaac was talking about, but even in your relationship with your spouse, your husband is not a babysitter. Yes. Can you just speak to that for a moment? Yeah, I'm not a babysitter. They're my kids. I'm the parent. I am the king of my home and she's the queen. So why would I be called a babysitter? They're my responsibility. God's given me authority over them to raise them up, disciple them, and launch them as arrows into the world to have impact for the kingdom of God. Why would I be given such a title? That right. is not my title. No, and biblically. The, the reason why we I bring this up is because I hear a lot of moms saying this sort of thing, like, "Oh, I have my, my husband's babysitting them when they're out on a date, like with the ladies on the ladies' night out or whatever, or How they're at Bible study. Oh, yeah, he's babysitting. They're them. with my husband, <laughs> right? It's that simple. Yeah, and so I just would encourage you to change that vocabulary if that's something that you struggle with, because it actually says something pretty loudly to your kids, and it's not actually making your husband look very good. And the thing that's important here is that husbands also, those of you who are listening, it is crucial that you proactively say, hey, honey, why don't you go do that with the ladies? You don't always need to get a babysitter and go, oh, well, I just won't come home at that time. Why don't you get a babysitter and I'll go do something with the guys? No, you have an opportunity to spend time with your kids. So when you're looking for a mother's helper or a babysitter, be really careful not to be over delegating your responsibility of your kids and and having someone too much. Like you should be really careful about when you're choosing to have a babysitter and making it worth your while. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope this was edifying to you and helps you in getting your kids 
spiritual growth and maturity. And uh, we hope it helps your family and your marriage. That's right. And I also hope that it helps you to have a bigger vision for your role in your younger sister's lives. Amen. As a Titus II woman, you actually have huge opportunity here to be raising up the next generation of moms, which is really an important task. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.